Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizons Sustainable Financial Services. Hello, Kim. How are you? Well, I'm a little cold today. (laughs) (laughs) It is now time for the weather report from Horizons Sustainable. Oh my goodness. I just wasn't ready for it either, but you're colder than I am. Yeah. So we have a major winter storm for three days. It's not even winter yet, but we got Mm. at least eight inches of snow here in Santa Fe. End of October. Yesterday, it didn't get above 18 degrees. Good night. That's cold. It's very cold. (laughs) It's cold. And if you're saying it doesn't get above that, then I, what was the low? Uh, I think it was maybe 10 or 11 was the low. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty chilly. So I'm at home today doing our recording. Yes. <laughs> yes. Podcasting from home. It's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. We'll make it work. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Podcasting from home. What are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about how to choose the right financial advisor. I'm going right. to give a few tips. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I hope that will lead folks in my direction. Right. But oh, you know, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I sure would hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's what I want to talk about. I, I'm not necessarily the right person for everyone, but I want to make sure that people know what they're they need to be looking for. Yes, so that's absolutely. what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And you've said that before. You've said that on previous podcasts where, look, I'm not the right fit for every person out there. There are people that have certain things in their life. You know, whether it's you know, I don't know, multiple businesses and, and multiple right. properties and, and multiple wives. I don't know how that works. Multiple <laughs> husbands, but just in case you never know, you uh, never know, you yeah. never know. Lifestyles are lifestyles and we're, we're okay right. with that, but yeah. it just might not fit. So exactly. Um, I, I love the fact that you've already said that multiple times, uh, yeah. but where do we start today? What do people really need to know? Well, one of the things I just want to mention is, you know, hiring a financial advisor is, it's really a major life decision probably not as major as choosing a spouse or a long-term partner, but it's, you know, it's very important. And there was a a recent study by Northwestern Mutual, this is in 2019, that showed U.S. adults, United States adults who work with a financial advisor reported a substantially greater financial security in their Mm -hmm. life than those who tried to manage their assets alone. And also on top of that, we know there are dozens of studies, multiple dozens of studies that show that folks who do work with an advisor tend to have better returns over the long term. And the reason for that is because they're less likely to jump in and out of the market when they're working with someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so their returns are better. And I, I'm not going to list all those studies because literally there are dozens and dozens oh, yes. of those studies out there. So that's important. And I, I also want to mention financial advisors are legally prohibited from promising returns. So if someone starts promising you a return, run. 
run the other direction. Yes. <laughs> Don't start working with someone who's promised you a 20% return every year. Correct. And, and I would, I would even that. say that it, they don't even have to say the word promise. They, even if they allude to the fact I can get you, right. I can, I can provide, because actually this is a story that d- just happened last week to a buddy of mine. It was something where the guy he was talking to said, oh, I can get you 20%. Actually, I think he said 18. I can get you 18% consistently. I can get you 18%. He oh. never said, I promised to get you that. But when they're talking in that kind of lingo, and, and of course, my buddy knew better. And he's like, wait a second. <laughs> this, this doesn't, this doesn't. And, and of course, they won't tell you how they're going to get that 18%. Right. I can red get flag. you that. Yeah, yeah, red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's dive in and talk about the things that you should look for when you're hiring the right financial advisor for you. All right. And this really should be across the board for everyone, but you want to look for someone who is a fiduciary. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before in little snippets here and there, yep. but, but why, why do you want a fiduciary? Because they are bound to act in the client's best interest. And some people think, well, don't they all do that? And the answer is no. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ser- seriously, Kim, the first thing that came to my mind was the used car salesman. Is yeah. he bound to give you the best car for the best price? No. Nope. He's, he's nope. looking to pad his wallet and, and, and make yeah. that sale. Yeah. And it's funny because this is the, in the investment world, we call this the, the real F word. <laughs> it's, it's fiduciary and not everyone in this business is a fiduciary and as a fiduciary we have to eliminate conflicts of interest and technically they they should be on this more trustworthy list as Mm -hmm. a fiduciary you know what do we say to that they're bound to do something in your best interest and there was there they have to do this as a fiduciary so we at horizons have the accredited investment fiduciary designation and have for gosh 12 Plus years, I don't even know uh, how long I've had this designation, but it's it's a, a series of coursework that we took to promise to do what is in the best interest of our clients always, one hundred percent of the time, and we continue to take our continuing education and learn how to be better fiduciaries for our clients. So we will do actions for our clients before we will do them for ourselves. Perfect, so I, and that I, is another F word. Fantastic. Yes, <laughs> there yeah. we go. Good, so good I think that's something uh, that's very important to, to look for in an advisor. <clears throat> All right. What's next? So the next thing is interview at least two or more potential advisors when you're looking for someone. And again, why would you do that? You know, I say, you know, most people don't marry the first person that they date, right? I mean, most people. Mo- there most are a people. few. Yeah. It happens occasionally. My wife did. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm that big of a catch, but I'm pretty tricky. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Side Hopefully note. you you weren't the um, used car salesman. I don't. I was not. Want, I tried not you know, to be. Yeah, yeah. But even you know, even if you really like the first person you in- interview, interview at least one other person, yes. so that you know that it is the right advisor for you. 
make sure that you, you know, talk to the, the second person, mull over the decision at least overnight if you like the first person you've, you've interviewed. Uh, have these conversations. Think about the content of the conversation, how you really feel. Maybe other questions will come up. Absolutely. Um, you know, give it time to settle. Whenever I talk to a new potential client, I don't let them sign paperwork in that first meeting. Hmm. I always tell them, I've thrown a lot of information at you here in this meeting because it's a lot of information. Yes. And I tell them to think about what I've said. They might come up with more questions. And if they'd like to move forward, we can set up a second meeting and do the next steps. But I won't let them sign contracts with me or move on to those next steps in a first meeting. That's so, great. Yeah, I, I really want them to, to mull over the tons of information I've thrown at them in a first, first meeting. So the second one, or the third one, is making sure you hire the advisor with the right specialty for you. And what does that mean? What do you know, people are, well, what do you mean? Aren't they all specialized, you know, in investments? Well, yes, but some advisors really focus on working with certain types of clients. For example, I do impact investing, right? Mm -hmm. That's my specialty. But some advisors work primarily with doctors or attorneys or pro athletes, that's actually a specialty. Yes. They work with some folks work with Fortune 500 CEOs. And those folks need specific types of investments. They need specific types of tax advice. They, they have uh, different needs than you and I, probably. <laughs> you know, as a you know, Fortune 500 CEO has stock options and things that they're going to get from those big corporations that you and I will never see. And if I don't know how to handle those types of investments, I'm not going to do them any favors. So they need to work with someone who knows how to handle big corporation stock options. If they're a 10% shareholder in a, in a corporation, how their assets are handled are very different than the traditional 95% of us, how our assets are handled. So Someone needs to be very familiar with how to handle their investments. So it's really not a one size fits all yeah. process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you really would be doing yourself a favor. Well, you, you won't be doing yourself a favor, really, if you don't choose the right advisor. If you want impact investments, choose someone who specializes in that because they're the ones who are going to know the types of investments that you need. Honestly, there are so many mutual funds out there. I can't know all 10 or 12,000 mutual funds and how they work. No one can. Yeah. Most importantly, it's what's most important to you, right? So if, if, yes. if sustainability is important to you and, and what Kim does is important to you, then, then that's what you're looking for. If, if you're a real estate mogul with a bunch of kids you're probably going to want somebody who specializes in a lot with real estate investing and, and, you know, can help with estate planning and, and what kids going to be getting what property and who's going to run the business. I mean, there's so many ins and outs there that, uh, or, or so many moving parts that you need somebody who specializes in that. So that's, what's important to you. Then that's the person you find. So I think that really it comes down to no matter what your wealth is, what's important. And exactly. yeah, I, I think that that's a great point to make. Exactly. 
that. Which also plays into my next point, point number four, be sure to pick a financial advisor with the right kind of investment strategy. And this is different than specialty. So strategy is, are they a buy and hold strategist? Are they a technical or tactical strategist? Hmm. And what I mean by that is, here's an example. So maybe you find the advisor, financial advisor, who works with physicians, because you're a doctor. You like them a lot. You've interviewed three people. You know, they're, they're a good match for you in that way. But they're a tactical manager. But you're getting ready to retire. You're, you're 62. You're going to retire in two years. And, and a tactical manager is an aggressive style manager. So they trade a lot. They're making guesses on what's the hot sector of the market coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's their style of management. You're also in a high tax bracket right now. Um, you're getting ready to preserve capital because your retirement is two years away. Does a tactical style management make sense for you? Mm. No, it really doesn't. Because two years away from retirement means you're going to need those funds soon. Do you want to take the chance of uh, a high risk chance of losing that money? No, you really shouldn't be in a high risk style of investment. You should be in a more conservative style of investment. So you might really like this person, this type, this advisor, mm-hmm. but the strategy doesn't really match your needs at this time. And if they don't do the type of management strategy that you need, no matter how much you like them, it's not a good strategy for you. So you need to move on to a different financial advisor. Hmm. Sometimes we have to change for those types of reasons. Yeah. Same goes true if you're really young and you're interviewing an advisor you like who only does buy and hold, they never trade, and and you think, but I really want to take a lot of risk now because I'm 25, I just inherited a million dollars from my grandparents, and I want to really push the envelope, and I want a tactical style. Mm-hmm. I want to be pretty much all in stocks or mostly in stocks, and the advisor you're talking to does only buy and hold and they never trade. Probably not the best fit for you either. So strategy is also important. Definitely. Yeah. Fifth thing to look for, ask for and check their credentials. So they do have to give you their disclosure documents. This is required whether they're state registered or SEC registered, so that's federally registered. But you can also look any advisor up on BrokerCheck. You can look them up by their name and the state they're in, their city and state, to see if they have any complaints that they haven't disclosed. Minor things are really not a big deal. So, for example, if they've had a small tax lien or something, that's something that has to be disclosed, but lots of people have had those you know, that are not financial advisors and some financial advisors do. If they owe $2,000 in taxes that they didn't know about and the IRS came back and said, you owe us this money, it's technically a tax lien. They have to disclose that, right? Gotcha. But if they've had a major complaint from a client because they've made a, a mistake or actually even if they didn't make a mistake but a client made a complaint, it goes on their disclosure document. So you want to know about that. 
mm-hmm. and you want to ask about it and and get their take on it. But again, they have to disclose those those pieces on there. Uh, very very long disclosure documents. Hmm. <laughs> I always tell clients I. Uh, I'd like to email them to you because there's two disclosure documents we have to provide, and both of them are almost 40 pages. Oh, my goodness. So they are very long, yes. <laughs> very rarely does anyone want me to print them, thank goodness, because, you know, yeah. I would kill dozens I, of that's trees not sustainability. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now uh, the SEC has, this is a new document. It's a two-page summary Oh. Of our disclosure documents. Yes, thank goodness. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so nice. So we have to give all three of them, but the form CRS is a two-page summary, uh, which I think most people will actually read. Very few people read those 40-page documents that we provide. But you do want to know if they've ever lost a license temporarily Definitely, yeah. or if they've gone to mediation, any of those things. It's very helpful. And I like broker check because it's it's actually really easy to navigate and you can yes. and it's pretty you, you can kind of focus in on any concerns. Uh yeah. they're listed right there. You know, so you don't right. have to weed through tons. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Number six, which I think is um one of the most important things to ask. How do they get paid? Some people don't ask. Some people don't know how their current advisor is getting paid on their investments, which is interesting because I've asked new clients, what are you paying your current advisor? And they don't know. Yeah. You should know what you're paying your advisor and how they're getting paid. Is it by fee? Is it an annual fee? How are they, what kinds of fees are you paying them? Is it commissions? Is it both? Are they transaction fees? Are they again, annual fees? Do they explain all the fees that you're paying? Is it clear? Do they explain the mutual fund fees? These are all different types of fees. And sometimes I think I overwhelm clients trying to go through all the different fees, Uh but it rarely gets explained. I really want clients to understand the fee piece. And we try to break it down in our contracts with clients so they understand all of the fee components. We don't work by commission. We are a fee-only advisor, which some people specifically want. Uh And there's also a difference between broker or financial advisor, which I will go into as number seven. Okay. But the fee piece or commission piece is very important and how you get paid. So ask them how they get paid. Ask them to explain all of the details and all of the different fee types that they might be getting paid or that you are paying. Because sometimes they don't get a certain piece, but you're still paying it. Who gets that and why? Correct. Those are important. So number seven here is you should understand if you are hiring a broker or a financial planner and advisor. You might be asking or thinking, what's the difference? (laughs) But there is a difference. A broker is generally someone who is just handling your investments. And they often just work on a transaction basis. So they're not really fair for you on the big picture ideas. Looking at your whole financial picture, essentially. Looking at your long-term financial plan. 
They're just there to create transactions for you. Gotcha. So they're, they're the person I call and say, hey, sell Apple or exactly. buy Amazon or whatever. And they're just right. going to make that transaction and they get a fee off of that. Right. Or a commission. More or often. commission off of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Sometimes they'll charge you an annual fee and they might call you up and say, hey, I think we should buy this stock or I want to put you in this mutual fund. And it's almost always by commission, though sometimes they can charge you a fee. Hmm. Okay. And, and that's basically a broker. A financial planner, probably self-explanatory. They generally create a financial plan for you. Mm-hmm. Advisors also, like myself, my business partner, is Johan, is a financial planner as well. He has a CFP or a Certified Financial Planning Designation. But we are going to also look at your whole picture. We want to look at your entire financial life. So we often ask clients about their insurance. We want to look at their estate planning. One of the first questions I ask pretty much every client, well, probably not the first, but I'm going to ask them this in in looking at their big picture. Do you have a will? Who are the beneficiaries of these assets? It's important. It's not just on your retirement account, but on your individual accounts. We want to make sure there's a will in place, especially single clients and, you know, even clients with spouses or partners or children. These are all important pieces. Tax planning. Very, very important. We want to look at the tax piece. And it's not just about investment management. So as an advisor, we want to know all of these pieces and look at your big picture. All of those are important. So that's kind of the difference between a broker who's just going to look at your investments and a financial advisor or a financial planner who wants to know We really want to know all about your financial life. Also, we really do ask about all of your assets. Even if we're not managing them, we kind of want to know what your asset allocation is in your 401k plan, investments we're not managing, so that we can balance your whole financial picture. It's an important part of the process. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's all the pieces of the puzzle. And if you don't have all the pieces, you don't have the clear picture at the end. That is exactly right. Those are the top seven things that I would say you should look for in hiring the right financial advisor for you. There's probably other things we should be looking for. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are other things we should be looking for, but those are the top seven things. Gotcha. Now, here's what I did when I was sort of preparing for this podcast. I thought, I wonder what the things are folks would say about why you shouldn't hire a financial advisor. Because I know there's lots of... Hmm. (laughs) So I did this Google search. There's lots of of people who say, well, I don't need a financial advisor, or so-and-so said I shouldn't hire a financial advisor because I can do it myself. I don't know anything about investing, but I should be able to do this myself. So I Google searched, (laughs) why should I not hire a financial advisor? There's lots of really strange reasons out there, but there's... I kind of picked the top five that I kept seeing over and over and some of them are kind of funny. So I'm going to share them with you, Eric and uh, and the listening audience because they're kind of funny. Here's the first one. You shouldn't hire a financial advisor because they get paid a fee on your total investments, no matter what. So they have no incentive to make your money grow. And I thought, what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Do they know math at all? Right, right. That's what I thought. I'm like, wait a minute. But if your assets grow, I would get paid more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're getting paid off the total, the bigger the total, the more you get paid. That's, right. Okay. That's right. Now, there is a little. <laughs> so here's the, the interesting thing about that. Now, we drop our fees as your assets get bigger. So we have a sliding scale. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a tax rate, but you, we have a, a, the first slot is one fee schedule. And then as you move up, the, the fee percentage drops. And then as you move up, the fee percentage drops again. And we aggregate accounts. Hmm. So if you have three accounts with us, we lump all of those accounts together to get the value. So I guess maybe that's true. I don't know. Right. but Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I still thought that just doesn't make any sense because I want your assets to grow. It, yeah. So it, anyway, <laughs> here's the next one. You can't trust them to make your finances their priority. Mm. I I don't understand that one. I can't, I saw that many times. I thought that really makes no sense because that's my job. Most people make their job their priority when they're working. Yeah, I, maybe maybe they're leaning toward the fiduciary stuff, right? I mean, the, yeah. I mean, your finances are your priority. I mean, their finances are your priority because, like you said, that's your job. But maybe, yeah. maybe people are thinking the care of your finances isn't their priority because they don't. They're just getting paid anyway. But right. as a fiduciary, that eliminates that entire argument. Exactly. So that's why you want someone who's a fiduciary. Yeah. Exactly. Here's, here's, this one might be my favorite. You should be able to save 20% of your income first before you hire a financial advisor. And I thought, why? <laughs> why do you have to be able to save 20% first? I mean, how many people do that? Yeah. Anyway. And, uh, good grief. It's, it's, seriously, I should be able to go to bed every night on time and not watch TikTok for two hours. But you know what, Kim? <laughs> We're human beings. And we, right. I should be able to save 20%. I would, man, I would be in fantastic condition if I saved 20% every exactly. paycheck. Oh. Right. My <laughs> job is to help you with your finances. So if I could get you to the point of saving 20%, I'd be amazing at my job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite that amazing, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to help you as best oh I goodness. can. Yeah. And here's another good one. Financial advisors should be free. Are you serious? That was on the list. <laughs> yes, it was. And I thought, Oh my gosh, is your attorney free? Your doctor? Mm. <laughs> no, you pay them. Huh. They're professionals too. Yeah. So here's the last, the last of the, the top five. You should be able to do it yourself because it's not that difficult. And I thought, sure, mm. just like representing yourself in a court of law, being your own doctor, doing your own dentistry. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. There, I, I get it. You know, some parts of it are, are not that hard, but it does take a good deal of time if you don't know what you're doing. And I am of the opinion that anything worth doing is worth doing right. So if you're willing to put in the time and learn what you're doing, then yeah, do it yourself. And I am all about education. I do educate, educate my clients as to 
what we're doing with their accounts and how things work. Some people come to me not even knowing what a mutual fund is. I am going to tell you, this is what a mutual fund is. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This is why we rebalance your accounts. This is, you know, I give them education on it. And other advisors will say to me, why are you doing that? Are you afraid they're going to do it themselves? And I tell them 95% of them are not ever going to do it themselves. And for those few people who do, fine, more power to them. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they have the expertise and the skill and the time, they can do it themselves. But 95% of people will not. Yeah. They don't want to do it. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. I mean, and just listening to you read those off makes me wonder do people really just not understand the complexity of what goes into it and how the different law changes that occur, the oh, Secure yes. Act, the I mean the CARES Act, that changed major things for everybody, not just taxes, right. but you know, the the way money's handed down to the next generation, the way money is taxed, you know, pre, post, all that stuff. It's just yeah, understanding the tax law changes and what a wash sale is just, yeah. and what you can and can't do in between two different types of accounts to not have a wash sale. Mm-hmm. All of those pieces are very intricate and the law changed on that in the last couple of years. And some listeners are probably thinking, oh, maybe I should look that up or I don't even know what she's talking about. That's why yep. you need an advisor. <laughs> so, Yeah. It's, it's all interesting. Uh, I find it interesting. And other people are like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah. That's why I pay you. Yep. That's why I don't do my own <laughs> dentistry. I trust my guy. Yes. He does his <laughs> thing. I feel better. Yeah. You know, see you in six months. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah. It's, you know, I find these things interesting. I really love what I do. Yeah. Johan loves it even more when we talk about all the nitty gritty tax details. He's the true geek of us. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, if folks are interested in learning more about what we do here at Horizons and are interested in sustainable and impact investing, because that is our specialty. Mm-hmm. And we can do both tactical investing and it's not exactly buy and hold because we do a little bit more actively manage than that. They can reach us at info at horizonssfs.com or they can call us on the phone if people actually do call people on the phone anymore 505-982-9661 fantastic kim this is great information i I enjoyed this thoroughly thank you so much for your time today yeah thanks thanks eric it's always fun being with you you bet and i know that you wanted to do a dedication at the end of this podcast I do. I do. So today's podcast is dedicated to my first business partner, Richard Barr, who passed away last week. He was a very important person in my life. He got me started in this business and he was not only my mentor, but a dear friend and often a father figure to me. He was very important in my life. If it wasn't for him, I would not be where I am today. And yeah. so I want to dedicate this podcast to him and send my love to his family and um, just bless him on his journey. Yeah. Mr. Barr, I appreciate you because without you, I would not be having this podcast with Kim. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy this time. So, Kim, thank you so much. That was very, very kind.
And thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services or give us a call at 505-982-9661 don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available the companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation horizon sustainable financial services is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of new mexico and other jurisdictions were registered or exempted. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.